Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how He has been faithful to make His power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. Today's episode is with Melinda Fuller. Melinda is a mom, wife, and author who is passionate about seeing people grow as disciples of Jesus and for their families to thrive. Today, we're talking about the heart behind her new book, Obedience Over Hustle, the lies that hustle culture tells us, and the truth that we need to combat it. Melinda, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to finally be here. I know. We've uh, we've been kind of missing one another. We have very similar uh, talking points. And so people kind of, I think, pointed us to each other. Like, yes. oh my gosh, you're talking about this. Oh my gosh, she's talking about this. Y'all have to connect. And so we yes. connected talking about, like, Hustle, basically. Hustle culture yeah. and yep. and what that, that says and what the truth is about it and um, just our heart to, like, point people back to truth and to Jesus. And so you wrote this really incredible book, Obedience Over Hustle. Yes. And I would love to just, like, to get us started, tell us about you, your story, and how God led you to write this book. Yeah. Okay. So hi, everybody. Um. So Obedience Over Hustle, it was like, it's a two-part starting conversation, really. Um, So several years ago, I was working at a chiropractic office. That was my day gig for 10 years. And I had two little kids. And um, I also wanted to write. And I also had just started homeschooling my children and my husband worked full-time at a church, which for any of you listening who are involved in church culture, you know that that's not just like a nine-to-five gig. Mm-hmm. And so we were very busy, and I was actually at a conference for Christian Creatives, and I had gone there with the hope that God would somehow magically open up a door for me to be able to work at home and really be at home because I was working three to five days a week um, in the morning and afternoon and then trying to come in and squeeze in school Mm -hmm. time with my kids, which was not working. And my husband and I were just passing each other Mm -hmm. because he worked all weekend and and I worked during the week. And so I kind of went with this to this conference with an ultimatum with the Lord, just like, Hey, I need you to do this for me. Mm -hmm. And 
that is never a good way to start a conversation with God. Oh, and it goes super well. <laughs> yeah, it kind of backfires. And so the whole conference like was amazing, but I never had like this lightning bolt moment with him that I was really expecting. And then the very last session, the night before I flew home, um, he kind of he gave me this picture, and it was a picture of a closed fist. And and what I remember him so clearly saying was, I want to give you all of these things, all of this influence that you have and all of these opportunities, but you, there's no room in your hand. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, Melinda, are you your provider or am I your provider? And my knee-jerk response, because I've grown up in the church and I've you know followed Jesus my whole life, was, well, God, of course you're my provider. And his, he just pressed my heart. And just said, well, you're holding so tightly to your job that I can't give you anything else. And so I flew home and told my husband, like, I think I'm supposed to quit my job. And he was like, okay, if God's telling you to do this, then we need to do it. And so we had actually just, we were living in Orange County, California at the time. And we had just moved into a rental house because nobody owns their own house down there. Mm -hmm. And so our expenses had just gone up by 30%. And for me to lose my income was a 30% decrease to Mm. what our monthly, like our budget was. And so it made no sense at all. Like the math didn't add up. And I just felt like he was asking me to take this giant leap of faith. And so we did it. And within about six weeks, my husband started getting all these phone calls to do side contracting work, work that we'd never marketed, never promoted him, never done, never spent a dime to, um, to market him or his, mm-hmm. in his work when he does. And so about within two months, he was making more than what I had ever brought home as a therapist. And, and every month since then, and his business has just continued to grow and grow until, um, this past January, he went fully independent and launched his own company. And so that was like the first step of obedience. And then the second part of the story is just that when God asked me to quit my job, I really wanted to dive into writing and got so burnt out with the, you have to do it this way. Mm. Like, unless you are, you know, spending all this money on all these courses to learn how to become a great Instagrammer, like you are never going to have a platform and you are never going to amount to anything. And had so many people tell me, um, you know, you have to do things this way. You have to spend this money. I'm like, well, I don't have the money to spend. (laughs) And I just got so exhausted with this pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like you got to work yourself to the bone. Um, you know, if you're not hustling and grinding, then you're not working hard enough. And I just felt God continue to say like, that is not my way. Mm. And I can do whatever I want with your career, Melinda. And so just stop, like, trust me, obey, like build my kingdom, not your platform. Mm. Like it's not about building an empire for you. It's about making my name great. It's about pouring into your kids and being present with your kids. It's about pouring into your college students that you're mentoring. It's about being a good neighbor and all of the other influence that I want to give you will come in my time. Like stop trying to make the plan that I have for you happen in your time frame. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just, I started writing about this idea of like how this hustle word made me feel and women just, <laughs> they're like, yeah, girl. Um, cause that was about, you know, at the height of the girl boss movement and 
And so I, I pitched a couple of publications and it went from like a blog post and an Instagram post to this thing that was much bigger. And a friend of mine said, Hey, I think this is a book for you. And I'm like, what do I know about writing a book? And so part of the story is that like I got a book deal with less than 5,000 people on my email list with less than 2,000 social media followers and three months after finding an agent, like I'd sold, a, I wow. sold my, and that was actually like a year ago today, which just, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. And the book comes out in 19 days. And so not very many authors sell their first book. I mean, even John Bevere, who endorsed my book, his first three um, you know, best-selling books, they were all self-published. And so it's just yet another layer to this, to this story, this message that like God can do whatever he wants to do. And it's not up to me to make it happen. Like I have to work hard, but I have to work hard in partnership with him. And right. that's when he blesses it and blows it up and makes it amazing. Yeah. So and maybe I that know... was a long introduction. I'm sorry. No, no. Oh my gosh. Not at all. I know so many people that this in some form or fashion is their story. It's my story of deciding you want something, going after it with everything that you can, and then coming to this, this burnout spot and that God gets you there. You said, build my kingdom, not your platform. I'm pretty sure God used those same exact words with me. Yeah. Where I decided that I wanted, oh, it's so gross to say it out loud, but I decided that I like wanted to be an influencer. Right. Like two or so years ago. And I started chasing that and curating content and like just like funneling out like content, just constant. <laughs> and I was exhausted and I yeah. was miserable and it felt so unfulfilling. Yeah. And then God like, put me on my knees and was like, build my kingdom, not your platform. I have like right. five times more of a platform than I did when I was working myself to the bone, but it was Absolutely. about me. And that is yeah. the essence of hustle culture is that it's totally. about you. It is so yeah. self-centric. I promised Jeanette I wasn't going to yell, <laughs> but I probably will anyway. <laughs> that like, it's such a lie. It's a lie and it's a self-centered lie. Right. And I think, too, it's this um, – I it bothers me the most in the Christian bubble because it's what I can do and what my dreams are and in my timing and me telling God that my way is better. And Like, you so know what, better. You know right. better than this. Right. And so one of the things that that I did with like a lot of the research is going back to scripture and from the garden all the way through, like these stories of what happens when we try and take God's plan and accomplish it in our way and in our timeline. And like one of the biggest examples is the Abraham, Isaac and Hagar. Like, did God want to give Abraham a son? Absolutely. But look at the mess that is created when Abraham and Sarah tried to make that happen in their finite human wisdom instead mm -hmm. of just waiting for God's best. Mm -hmm. Now, does God redeem? Did God redeem those relationships? And is there purpose? And does he have a plan for all that? Absolutely. But was it God's best? Exactly. Is there a lot of heartache that could have been avoided? Is there a lot of conflict in that family to this day, millennia later? Because... 
they tried to rush God's hand. And I think that is part of it it, that just grosses me out the most. It's like God can absolutely give you a dream and absolutely have a plan and a purpose for your life. But just because he's telling you what that is doesn't mean he's saying, go out and accomplish that tomorrow. Maybe because you're not mature enough and you haven't lived enough and you don't have experience enough to make it happen. And God has to do some refining in your life and some character development like he did with Joseph. Like Joseph at 17 had this grand dream, but God didn't give make him the second in command in the most powerful nation at that, that time. Day, right. Right. It was decades later after he had been you know, stripped down and knocked down a couple notches and risen and grown and learned what humility was. And so I think that is part of the the message for me is like, just because God's given you a dream doesn't mean that he says, go and accomplish it tomorrow. And if you don't, then there's, then you're a failure or you're no good or you're not working hard enough. And that's part of the hustle message is like, you have to accomplish it tomorrow in order for your life to have significance. And that's not Jesus' message. No, and that you have to work yourself to the bone to do it. Uh, well, no. and I think that that's... I, so, uh, do you get pushback from people about, like, being anti-hustle? Yeah, I try really hard to say that I'm not anti-hustle or whatever because I know that there's a lot of people who are on the hustle wagon. and yeah. and yeah, And I think one of the things that I'm always trying to do is differentiate between hard work and hustle. Exactly. Well, and that was what I was going to ask because we, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. My question, the reason I asked that is that it's like they think that we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like just because I don't believe in hustling, they think that I don't believe in having dreams or working Working hard. hard. Right. Working hard is biblical. (laughs) Right. And so that's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, my husband traveled 150 days last year with his job. So I was like solo parenting, homeschooling full time, and I wrote and edited a book. So I totally understand hard work. <laughs> um, and I think for me, when I went back and looked at hard work, the way God defined it in Genesis, like the very first thing that we see in the garden is that God gave Adam a job. And it was in partnership with the Lord Mm -hmm. when it became striving. And that's like the actual language that God says it happened after the fall. And he says, by the sweat of your brow, you will make a living from the earth. But that was not the original plan. He still had a job in the original plan. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so, I think that's like where we cross over is from when we're working in tandem with the Lord. And because God is really the one in the garden who like made things grow. Like all Adam had to do was tend to what was already there. He didn't make the rainfall. He didn't irrigate the soil. Like he was just tending to what God was growing. And yet after the fall, like God is very specific, like you are going to sweat and you are going to bleed and you are going to like work yourself to the bone to create an existence for yourself. And so I think, you know, 
when I went back and looked at like hustle and where that word originated, it has some really negative, terrible connotations. Like until very recently, it was this very negative word and not mm-hmm. something that we'd throw around or like crown ourselves with or whatever. And I think um, it's like the workaholic. Mm. It's the person. It's the person who is sacrificing things on the altar of their work, and mm. most. Most often, it's our relationships. It's our families that get sacrificed because we, like that's the definition of a workaholic is somebody who sacrifices things in order to achieve greater results. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot of people that do that. You know, at the end of their life, they're saying, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids, not, oh, I wish I'd been in the office more. And as a Christian, I think there's a lot of people sacrificing their children and their families on the altar of their ministry too. And, mm-hmm. and that's not what, like Jesus, so like when we read the gospels, he was always pulling back with his 12. He was always going off to connect with his father. He was always with his mother in his hometown. Like he's pulling back and refueling and resting and maybe not work-life balance, because I think that's maybe an oxymoron, but um, he didn't call us to be busy, Mm. and he didn't call us to exhaust ourselves either. Yeah. So I think that, and we just kind of did that a little bit, but making sure that people understand what we mean when we say hustle, that we don't mean that we, you shouldn't be a hard worker, like we've said, the biblical We don't think that you shouldn't have a dream or have goals. I have very real, tangible, numerical goals. Yeah. That that, that's not that. And I said this earlier, we're not wanting to like, we don't expect you to be like a bump on a log. (laughs) Not being in the hustle culture is, which I love that that's the title of your book. It's, it's choosing obedience. It's choosing God's way is better. His timing is better. Better. And and I think it's important in that definition to make sure that we're not, we're not like leaving out women who stay at home. No. Because you can hustle and not have a quote unquote side hustle. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, um, like the subtitle of the book is the surrender of the striving heart, because that's really what I'm digging after because Mm -hmm. I remember being a stay-at-home mom and still feeling all of that hustle exhaustion because it was like, oh, girl, you got to get your body back at six weeks postpartum and you got to make all your kids' food, all organic, GMO-free, whatever, whatever, and you got to be at every event that your church puts on and you got to have all these friends and, 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 and your kids have to be in a million activities and and it's the same thing. It's the like this thing. heart that is constantly driving us to – the next thing, and it's out usually for most people out of like a need for recognition and validation and significance. Like unless I get my 20 things done on my list and I'm up at 4 o'clock to have my hour quiet time before my kids get up so that I can work out and do all of the things, then my life it has no significance. And I'm like it's not the pursuit of all of these things that give us significance. If we do none of them, God still sees us and calls us his own and sees us as significant. Yes. So that is, it's less about the work and it's more about the heart. The heart, and, exactly. Yeah. And, and the obedience that comes from the heart, like 
the, one of the ways that I kind of defined it was like our hustle is, is usually driven by what I can do by my mm-hmm. outward actions, by what I have to prove or my performance versus like my obedience sometimes is just learning to be still mm-hmm. is learning to shut my mouth when I'm having an argument with my husband, because I know that that is honoring to him. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, communicating fairly with my, in my friendships, it is parenting well, it is speaking up for truth when truth needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obedience looks like, you know, it's the gamut, it's the everyday decisions in every aspect of our life versus just our profession or our careers or our goals. Right, for, exactly. For well, and like, I think that women who don't have a side hustle, who don't have a business, who don't, aren't interested, you know, don't feel led to build a ministry. They feel like this, um, this doesn't apply to them, that this message doesn't apply to them. Right. So, and I have, I have the DMS to prove it from women saying (laughs) of them realizing saying, I think I had said something in a story once about beating a dead horse with hustle culture. I think I I remember reading that. Yeah. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but I also feel like just, I really feel like this is important because I have been rescued from this. And I got multiple messages on that specific story of women saying, I'm so thankful that you beat the horse because I've been flipping through your stories thinking they didn't apply to me because I don't work or I don't sell X, Y, Z. Right, right. And I'm realizing that this is a heart issue, that I'm hustling in my home. Totally. The same way that somebody that runs a business or wrote a book or whatever could hustle It's a, it's, and I, and I feel like I want you and I both, like, I just want to like stand on a rooftop and be like, hustling is a heart problem. Hustling is a heart problem. It is not an action problem. The action is a consequence of the heart problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I personally, we both are recovering hustlers. Totally. Which is why I think we're so passionate about it and so bold in talking about hustle culture because I mean, let's be—it's it's hustle culture. It is a culture that is being cultivated and is has is seeping its way into the church, and that. And you said that earlier that it's so much worse when it's in the church because you know yeah. better. You know yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah, and really, it's idolatry. I mean, mm. is is what it is. It's it's my way. Like I know, I know best and I'm not going to become one of those crazies who do X, Y, Z, but the heart is still striving after like whatever that goal is. So yeah. And it's, um, it's, I think we're so passionate about it because we've both found freedom. Yes. And so it's, it's like anybody, like when you, uh, when you lose a bunch of weight, you want everybody else to get healthy. And when you uh, get sober, you want all your friends to get sober too. And so exactly. I think that's what it is for me. Uh, you know, I've done a couple coaching calls with other writers who are, you know, a couple steps behind me and they've got these amazing dreams, huge lofty dreams. And they've got little kids at home, most of them. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> Because all of these things are amazing goals. Is that what God's called you to mm-hmm. right now? Because 
I would bet money that he is not asking you to do all of these things in the season that you're in right now. Um, and I think the hard thing for, for those of us who are online and on social media is that we see these giant uh, speakers, writers, bloggers, influencers, and they're, and they're, you know, it looks like they're doing all of the things. They have this great family. They're, you know, out on regular date nights. Their kids are awesome. They have a house that looks like, you know, Joanna Gaines or somebody came in and styled it. They're cooking all this food and they're writing books and they're speaking and they're doing classes and they're doing all these things. And, and I have to remind people, they are not doing all of these things on their own. Hmm. More than likely, they have help. They have, you know, childcare help, or they have assistance, or they have other people behind the scenes that are helping them achieve their goals. And that's not a bad thing if that's what God's called them to right then. Absolutely. But not, but not all of us can hire out help to do that. And and so my the question that I keep asking over and over and over is, what is God calling you to right, right. now? Let's just focus on those few things because He's not asking us to do 101 just probably a few things. And, um, you know, it's the story of Martha and Mary, mm-hmm. you know, Martha running around like a chicken with her head cut off doing all the things, probably because that was her Enneagram type, you know, like <laughs> she wants to be a hostess and she wants to like do it with all the flair. And she probably got great, um, validation from serving. And I love that Jesus comes to her and doesn't shame her for working hard doesn't like kick her down and say, you have to stop doing all these things. All he says is you are worried with many things. Like many things have your attention right now and only one is needed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the freedom message for a lot of us is what you're doing isn't bad, but you can't do it all and do it all well. So what is the Lord calling you and asking you to do right now? And let's just, once you know what those yeses are, then it's really easy to just say no to all of the other things. Exactly. And so there's two points that you made that I want to, that I want to touch on. One, I think it is so important to talk about openly that these women that we see doing it all have help. And it's not, I am not shaming anyone. No. For. It's just, that's the real, like off the highlight reel side of it exactly i'm not shaming you for having help girl if i could hire out all of the help and like build things to what i want them to be yeah i would yeah absolutely i don't have the funds that is not what god has on my plate right now and so it's like this weird like unspoken like we don't want to we don't want to say oh well yeah she's doing all the things because she has help because we it sounds like we're judging her Gosh, for having yeah. help. Right. That is not the case. I'm so yeah. I'm so happy for you that you have all of that help. But yeah. I cannot hold myself to a standard that is literally impossible with small kids right. and very little help. Right. And I think, you know, if God's called you to get on a plane and go be the speaker and do all of these events or build your business up to this giant empire, it probably means that you're not tucking your kids into bed every night. And so that's the trade-off. Like those are the things that, you know, the average woman who wants, has these dreams to be an influencer or whatever, 
that's what they're they're not realizing. Like there mm-hmm. is a trade off. Like there mm-hmm. is a price. There's a price to get to where that is to where that person is. Yeah, and that's uh, that's actually it's funny you said about price because that's when I kind of came out of the like hustle movement. That was the question that was kind of my check that God gave me was at what cost? Right. Absolutely. At what cost? Okay, you can write this book for me. At what mm-hmm. cost? Right. You can go speak at this event at what cost? And that's not to say that God sometimes asks us to sacrifice. Yeah. And that's not and to say that. And he will give us grace for that thing. And peace. He'll give us the yep. peace that, yes, I do. I am supposed to speak at this event. Yeah. But recognizing how valuable my time with my kids when they're small is. And us yeah. as a family and, and all of that, you know, all of yeah. those kinds of things. And then I think also, we, we talked about this a little bit the, at the beginning of our conversation, how self-centric hustle culture is. Yeah. And I think what almost goes hand in hand with that is that it's it's also an identity issue. Most of the time, mm-hmm. I would venture to say that, so for me, my personal story today, I have significantly less on my plate than I did a year ago when I was in adrenal failure and I was just like like a literal stress case. I had less on my plate then than I do now, but am, but I'm so much less stressed. I'm so much less anxious. I'm less tired because it's a heart issue and I'm functioning from a place of knowing who Jesus says I am and that nothing I do or don't do, nothing I do achieve or don't achieve is going to change that. Right. And I don't know why church got that wrong. I feel like they got it wrong with our generation by and large teaching us like this is your, your identity is in Christ and that's it period end of sentence. But I have so many conversations with women that are like, oh, like the, the, the good things aren't a part of your identity. Being a mom is not a part of your identity. Being mm-hmm. a wife is not a part of your identity. Jesus, period, end of sentence. Right. And I think it's that Jesus plus nothing mentality when we start adding to the gospel, it's, it's a perfect equation for hustling. Right, for sure. And I think when we add to what we have to do to be worthy and to be acceptable and to be worth saving, is it just like immediately like launches you into hustling because that's what, within the church, hustling within the church specifically. These people that it's people that don't, I think, have a good foundation of who Jesus says they are. Mm, that's a good point yeah you know and and that's a that's a journey I think that that's whether you grew up in the church or not it's a journey learning to and and it's something that I have to do every single day you know like you wake up and you're like I'm a child of God and also a wife and a mom and a podcaster and a graphic designer and <laughs> right. a friend and Jesus is like we need to shorten this sentence like that like you are mine and I am yeah. yours. And if you function out of just that, then you're going to be so much better at all of the other things. Right. I, yeah. It's the seek first him. Like exactly when he's, when he's first, then everything else kind of like shifts down into its place. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and it's, it's that I don't have to achieve anything. 
I, my desire is to, and my desire is to use my giftings, but I don't have to. I'm going to be just as acceptable and worthy and good if I, if life has knocked me on my butt and I need to like snuggle with my kids all day and watch cartoons, just as good, just as worthy, just as acceptable as if I work from eight to eight, (laughs) you know, and that's, I mean. And I think it's just, I think part of that is the, the works, you know, the, I have to do something in order to prove myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a better Christian if I have, you know, 5,000 more people following me on Instagram to see that I'm whatever I'm doing in my life. Right. Versus, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, where, like, Jesus chose 12. Like, you show me 12 people in your real life who know you, that you are yeah. rubbing shoulders with, that you are doing life with, who are in your home, in your business, like that is where your greatest level of influence comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus modeled that very well for us. Mm-hmm. And we tend to think that unless we're doing everything like on this huge level that it doesn't mean it doesn't matter it's not as important and like I look at my two kids and I know that they are the greatest my greatest sphere of influence and my most important place to disciple and if I get that wrong at the end of my life then it doesn't really matter what else I've done right amen and and that's something that I'm constantly challenging people with like, okay, great. You can do all of the things in your church, in your MLM business, online, whatever it is that you are striving after. Like if you've lost the ability to communicate with your kids, like then what does it all matter? Mm -hmm. You know, if your marriage falls apart because you're working yourself doing all of the things until late in the evening and you're not respecting your spouse, then is it all worth it? And like Jesus was all about relationships and he would stop everything for them. And so I think when we just focus like on what the design that he gave us, like seek Mm -hmm. first my kingdom, what is his kingdom about? It's about building people and having relationship with people. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I love that the conversation is shifting across the board more to like that hustling is a heart issue that it's not about oh, working yeah. hard that it's it's about it's a heart it's a heart problem it's yeah. an identity yeah. problem and and I feel like we're all kind of like figuring it out together we're all yeah all of the recovering hustlers are together <laughs> figuring out <laughs> how do I continue yeah. to 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 use these things that God's given me and and go after what I feel like he's putting in front of me, but doing it healthily and doing it from him and resting. And right. so we're all, we're all learning together. We're all figuring it out together. And the point yeah. isn't to, to point at anybody and be like, you're hustling, you're doing it wrong. It's right. Like, it's a, Oh sister, like, come here, come sit, yeah. take a, take a load off. It's so much better right. this way, you know? Yeah. So, um, let's do, Rapid fire questions to wrap up. Oh, yes. Ooh, okay. What is your Enneagram type? I'm a one, one. Yeah. With a strong two wing. A yeah. strong two wing. Okay. Yes. 
yes. So that maybe uh, softens my sharpness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and makes me a little bit more relatable mm-hmm. and reminds me that there's gray. There is yeah. black and white. There's a lot of black and white, but there's also gray. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, come on, too. Remind me that there's like. <laughs> That's right. Here. That's right. Uh, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Um, oh, it's, I feel like I've been in a funk lately. So that's a good, um, honestly, like getting outside is normally the thing for me. So it's, let's go to the beach. Let's go to the mountain. Let's go to the lake. Let's just get outside. Even if it's all we can do is my husband load the kids in the car. Let's go for a drive and roll the windows down and just get on a country road and be outside. Um, that, that normally does it. That's awesome. And yeah. the last one is, what is the last thing you watched on TV? Oh, um, we're big office junkies. So <gasps> yes. it's just always. It's just constant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the office. Yeah. Um, Melinda, thank you so much. It was such an incredible conversation. I feel like I didn't yell a whole lot, which I'm really proud Yay. of. Well um, done. Well done. <laughs> but, but we were able to, like, really – I think whittle it down to like, this is what we're passionate about. There's a lot to it, but at the end of the day, like what we want is for hearts to get rescued from, from this, this hustle movement. And so thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk about it. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Tell people where they can find and follow you and get your book when it comes out. Yeah, um, melindafuller.com, obedienceoverhustle.com. Um, I'm there. I'm on Instagram probably more than anywhere um, as far as social media goes. And then the book is available. I'm not sure when this is airing, but um, it is available. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I think Target might actually oh, even carry it. Awesome. We will definitely link to all of that in the show description. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. time at home means more washing, drying, cooking, and cleaning at home, and more wear and tear on old appliances. But it's the perfect time to save on new ones at the Home Depot. For savings on the latest appliances, and right now free delivery. From the kitchen to the laundry room, that upgrade is well within reach, and closer than ever. Save on top appliances, now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only while supplies last free delivery on major appliances, $396 or more, valid through January 27th. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.